what we can learn. Monday night when your Clemson Tigers face off with the Duke Blue Devils, well, offensive coordinator Garrett Riley, his in-game adjustments, his ability to adjust on the fly in the bright lights, yes, that's what we're talking about next on the Locked On Clemson Podcast. You are Locked On Clemson, your daily podcast on the Clemson Tigers. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What's up, Locked On family? Welcome back to the Locked On Clemson Podcast, your daily podcast covering your Clemson Tigers, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. I am your boy, Damian Parson, always on the ones and twos. You can find and follow me on Twitter at D. P underscore NFL. You already know that I am part of the co-host team of the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast, as well as the founder of the Scouting Room. Uh, guys, thank y'all for making Locked On Clemson your first listen today and every day. Uh, thank y'all for being my family. Thank you for for tapping in every day, five days a week. But also, thank you for being my everydayers, man. That's a big time title that you guys hold and it holds dear and and true to my heart. Happy Friday, guys! It's a beautiful day out, and we're getting closer to. Clemson Tiger football, and we're going to talk about this more about the game versus the Duke Blue Devils. We have uh, the three things that we can learn in this game on Monday night is that the defense ready to dominate, right? Is defensive domination? Are we ready to see that? Is the defense prepared for it? Uh, how ready is Cade Klubnik, right? How ready is he to take over the reins as a true, true starter of 2023? And then new OC Garrett Riley's in-game adjustments, being the, being able to adjust on the fly. But before we get into that, this, to, today's episode of Locked On Clemson is brought to you by Game Time. Download the Game Time app, create an account, and use the promo code Locked On College for twenty dollars off your first purchase. Guys, Garrett Riley, the offensive coordinator, Garrett Riley, man, he, you talking about what we can learn? We can, we're gonna learn just how ready he is and how prepared he is with his game plan. I expect him to have things scripted and set. Typically, offenses have with like the first 15 players or so uh, scripted and, and ready to go. Come out the gate uh, on rhythm, things of that nature. QB knows what to do. But it's more so after the first two to three drives where you see, okay, how do we adjust? How do we change the game plan on the fly, right? This game is prime time. This game is Monday night football because the NFL doesn't kick off really until uh, Thursday of next week, right, for Thursday night football. So the Monday night football games don't start until the week after that, right? September the 11th, I think, is the first uh, Monday night football game for the NFL. So you talk about being placed in that prime time slot on a Monday night. Everybody's off of work, you know, different things like that. Spend time with the family on Labor Day. It's it, it really taking the time together. And you are going to be in the bright lights on prime time on ESPN. So, yes, now, and don't get it wrong, Garrett Riley last year was in the prime time, right? He played Michigan, you know, TCU played Michigan in the, in the college football playoffs, and he had a big hand in them winning that game. Then, you know, national title game, that did not work out so well. That's probably, that's mainly because Georgia is so much more talented than the TCU game that we, the TCU team that made it to the national championship game. But at the end of the day, so he's not, he's not a new 
uh, a newbie when it comes down to, uh, to to bright lights. But being that Clemson is a little different, right? Because you have the expectations of the, of not just winning the ACC, but being the best team in the ACC and giving the ACC a potential playoff contender. So it starts week one versus Duke. Is he prepared to make those changes in the middle of the game? Right, and when you say DP, what, what changes could you be talking about? Well, let's say Duke's defensive line is getting after K. Klubnik, right? And every time he drops back, let's say there's pressure, but they're not handling the run particularly well. Does Garrett Riley, as a innovative offensive coordinator who wants to get the passing game going, right? Like he passed the ball a lot with with, with, with Max Dugan last year, a lot of dropbacks. I think over six hundred, uh, almost over six hundred attempts, if I remember correctly. So. You walk into the situation, and and the, and the run game is working, but the but the pass protection is lacking for whatever reason, right? D- Duke is getting to K. Clubbing. Do you make the adjustment? Can you get out of your own way? And, and a lot of these intelligent, high football IQ, offensive minded guys can tend to be stubborn. I'm not saying Gary Riley is, but I'm just telling you guys what the, the the nature of the situation could be. Is he going to be stubborn and say, no, we're going to pass this ball. We're going to get Kate Klubner going. We're going to set him up for success to be our Heisman and leave him back there. And he's just getting blasted and he's not comfortable. He's not in rhythm. He's not, you know, playing within himself because he's playing sped up, right? Or do you make that adjustment from the game plan and say, listen, we were going to throw the ball a lot, but they can't stop Will Shipley or Phil Moffa. They can't handle the zone read, the inside zone. They can't handle. I would like to see some triple option. I would like to see some shovel passes out of the out of the uh, the speed. The, the give them some speed option and stuff like that with the athleticism that it, the athletic quarterback that is Kate Klubnik. Can Garrett Riley do the things necessary? Right, do the things necessary to make those in-game adjustments, right? A lot of people think the adjustments happen at halftime. I'm, I know players, I know coaches, everything like that. And it's like, yeah, that's not really, you know, that's kind of an overblown narrative that they go into the locker room and just draw up everything on the on the whiteboard and go, no, it's typically a lot of the adjustments happen on the sideline, right? You have some coaches up in the skybox, right? So they can see the full field. So they're like offensive assist uh, analysts and assistants that are up there that if the defensive or offensive coordinator is on the, on the ground, on the sideline, they can tell them, hey, Hey, this is what I'm seeing. This is what we need to do. They're running more too high. Uh, so yeah, the, the box count is, is low, coach. We need to run the ball. Okay, we need to run the ball. Uh, Will Putnam and the interior offensive line, Marcus Tate and all those guys are dominating the interior defensive line in the run game. Let's run it. Let's run it until they stop it, right? And and, and be physical and, and like impose your will. And that's what the run game is able to do. There's, there's nothing more frustrating for a defense than to be able to line up, have somebody take your manhood because they're running the ball right at you and you don't have an answer. Okay. Your defensive linemen are getting jacked up like that weird dude in the club and the bouncers are getting them up out of there. You can't do anything about it. When that happens, there's total frustration from the defense. Also, it takes the, the legs away from the pass rushers. When you have a 300 plus pound offensive lineman leaning on you, being a bigger body than you, and just putting that weight on you as they drive you off the line of scrimmage, yeah, that takes away some of that burst and explosiveness and speed in the fourth quarter when it is obvious passing situations, right? So I think that's where I'm that's what I'm talking about, guys. I, I think what we can learn is how he handles the in-game adjustments. When game, especially in the ACC, when games are competitive, 
right? Whereas the defense is having a little bit of tougher go and teams are able to, to get some scores and it's a close game. How do you make the adjustment? Do you make what, what, what is the right call that you're going to make on third and seven different things like that, making the right adjustments and calls when it's, Hey, do we kick the field goal here? Do we go for the field goal? We talk about being conservative, right? Communicating with Dabo. Hey, what do you want? You know, coach, Coach, you know, Dabble's letting him be the coordinator, but it's like, hey, what are you seeing? What, what, what are you seeing here, uh, Garrett? Do you want to uh, – it's third and seven. Do you want to go ahead and run an inside zone, run something up the gut, and try and get four to five yards and go forward on fourth and one, fourth and two, right? Or do you want to just – you know, or do you want to try and attempt something? And if not, then we try to kick the field goal. How aggressive, how, how conservative, right? The picking and choosing of spots, all of it. I always say this. You can be um, aggressive and have aggression, but it needs to be controlled and calculated. You don't just be aggressive just to be aggressive. Okay, so that's all I'm saying is like when I'm looking at this situation, one thing we can learn is 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 about uh, our new offensive coordinator, Garrett Riley, and where his mind is, what type of. How bright are these lights for him uh, starting this season? And with you know him being kind of deemed as the offensive savior for the Clemson Tigers, right? At the Tony Elliott and the offense not looking great with him. Well, you know, besides when they had top tier type of players like Trevor Lawrence and T Higgins and so forth and so on. To uh, I think it was Specter last. Uh, I think it's Specter last year, uh, the, the the last OC, right? You know, and how the offense was god awful under him, right? So it's just a simple fact. And the matter is. Now you being listed as the offensive savior, right? And everything you did at TCU, being asked to replicate that with a much more talented offense and much more talented quarterback, that does pr uh, provide some pressure. And now uh, how do you handle it? How do you handle these bright lights and, and make the right adjustments, the right calls at the right times, everything else, and just navigate? Have your hand on the pulse of this offense. Um, I trust I trust uh, Garrett Riley to do what he needs to do and to make sure this team is successful. But that is one of the things that we're going to learn in week one versus those dude Blue Devils. But you want to know what else we're going to learn? The readiness of your QB1, Cade Klubnick. Cade Klubnick and his readiness will be determined week one. And I'm going to tell you why coming up next on the Locked On Clemson Podcast. Guys, trying to buy tickets at the last minute for any of your favorite favorite or popular events shouldn't be stressful, but it is because you're hunting down the best price at the last minute as well as competing with other buyers for this set for said event. And you're trying to make sure that you're not scammed by the scammers or dealing with bogus scalpers. But what you should do is check out Game Time. It is the fast and easy way to buy tickets for all the sports, music, comedy, and theater events near you. They have flash deals. And last-minute tickets on last-minute tickets, they're easy to find and buy for every kind of event in your area. And you're going to love the seat views or the images of the seat views on the website and the app. Guys, listen, I can tell you right now, Clemson fans, you want to go see your Tigers this coming Monday versus Duke. They have on game on the game time app right now. You can get tickets for 41 dollars guys listen to me 41 dollars so all you have to do is snag the tickets without the stress with game time download the game time app create an account and use the promo code locked on college for 20 dollars off your first purchase what's the second thing that we're going to learn 
Monday night versus the Duke Blue Devils is the readiness of QB1 Cade Clubbing. We're going to find out how ready he is for the starting role. Because last year is a little different, right, guys? Now, we all believe in Cade, but the point is, it's a little different. When you are QB2, teams don't know how to game plan for you. And we saw that, right? The one game that he was truly game plan for was... Tennessee and the offense did not look great. They didn't sustain and finish drives. They didn't get to the, get into the end zone as much as you'd like to see. Right. And, 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 you know, just at the end of the day, it was not a good showing for the, for the team. It, it wasn't. And we all know that, right. We all know that. And I'm going to pull up the numbers here real quick in the first place, but we all know that it was not a great showing, but that was the one game of the 2022 season for K clubbing that he was absolutely game game plan for right like we know like he was like because before it was all of dju the and knowing what he brought to the table and everything else so when you looked at that game like <laughs> this is the numbers are just crazy right 55 attempts only 30 uh 30 uh completions less than 55 percent completion he threw for 320 yards but his yards per attempt were less than six yards and he threw two interceptions uh, and he was sacked four times. So at the end of the day, guys, that was a tough game all around. That was a really tough game for your Clemson Tigers and for uh, K-Clubbing. So now that's something he talked about this offseason. Just, hey, that was the first game that I had to deal with the game plan and someone game planning for him. So now Duke has had all – Mike is it Mike Elko, I think, is, the, is the, the head coach and everything. They've had the entire offseason to watch – the the the, or the the well, I mean, you can go back to the Notre Dame game. He came in his spurts in the Notre Dame game, the Syracuse game at the end of the game when he came in and, and provided some whatever spark and, and everything. You the ACC championship game versus North Carolina, where he led them to victory, and of course the Tennessee game. And you know what they're gonna look at? Okay, what really rattled him? What got to him? What what messed him up? What caused those interceptions? You know, what I mean, how does he handle pressure? OK, he, they're going to look at that Tennessee game and try and find and try and construct a blueprint to neutralize the dual threat QB. That is K Klubnik. So what I'm saying is this, the readiness of him, uh, the readiness for Cade will be determined on how he handles this game. OK, because, yes, the next two games are cupcakes, but this is a good team. This is a good team that, that some people view as a dark horse in the ACC and you're going to their house at night. They're going to be ready. The crowd's going to be ready. How does he handle that noise? How does he handle everything? Because that is it's so much. No, the talent is, is clear for Kate. It's always going to be that first experience, right? Does he come out with jitters? Does he come out too amped, right? Is he missing high? Is he making the wrong reads early on? Does he turn the ball over early on? And if so, listen, what did what, what, what Coach, Coach Sweeney say? He has a short-term memory, basically, paraphrasing. He's, he talked about it during, during fall camp, about if he makes a mistake, he typically can forget about it, come back out, and make the right play the next time. So uh, I'm not saying that he, he makes a mistake, it's just all downhill. No, but does he rebound the same way as he, in, in game as he did in camp? All right. And so I think that's going to be the biggest thing, just being quick as a processor, getting through your reads, reading the defense. Well, post snap and everything, especially when you you know, how do you how do you calm the team? That's going to be the other thing for him being a, a leader on this team. 
when you're going into a hostile environment as a quarterback, you're talking about being in the shotgun. You're not under center. You think, think about this, guys. I want to paint this picture for you. Under center, you can speak to because you're right there. Your you're, you're, you're center you know, keeps his hand on the football, but he's able to lean, lean back and hear, you know, hear what you're saying. And then they, he talks to his guys, you know, beside him. Right. And then they, the, it's like a, it's like a wire. The, the, the information is dispersed, you know, in each direction. Right. So it goes down the line, left and right. So forth and so on. Right. And then with the receivers, you make hand signals, checks, whatever. And then they know what, what is what. Right. But when you're in shotgun, when you're in pistol and you see something, you're like, oh, my God, we got 10 seconds left on, on, on the clock. Now you got to run up, try and get that information to your center so he can disperse it like a, to the wire, through the wire, shout out Kanye West, through the wire to the rest of your people. So the rest of the offensive line. So that's what I'm saying is that the readiness of K. Klubnik will be determined you know, for the 2023 season, will be determined week one versus Duke on the road. This is a big game. This is a primetime game. Same thing for, for, for as I talked about in the first segment with, with uh, offensive coordinator Garrett Riley. He has to be ready to make the, the decisions, the moves, the checks, the, the audibles, you know, in terms of, hey, Cade, listen, we're about to, hey, we're about to scrap this pass heavy uh, offense that we were coming in with. We're about to transition into more of a run game, try and force them into some single, uh, single coverages and single high coverages, and then we're going to get the play action going the rpo game we're just going to we're going to tinker it a little bit right that's the that's the offensive coordinator's job Cade's job is going to be able to be on the field be present be in the moment but also be a leader keep the guys settled hey listen communicate as loud as possible as well as possible getting that information out quick right diagnosing pre-snap quickly as well because if you're going to make a check and you're on a road, the crowd's loud, it's third and 10, you can't wait until ten, seven to 10 seconds on the play clock to try and get a, a quick audible and line protection in and for those guys because it's going to be very, very hard to hear, especially if you're backed up into your, in, into your own territory and you're in the student section where it's extremely loud, right? So we all know this. If you're a Clemson fan, you know what you've done to opposing, <laughs> to opposing uh, offenses when they're backed up inside their own 20-yard line and you're in there and they're backed into the student section. You're screaming bloody murder from, from here for, at the top of your lungs and making their lives uh, a, a living uh, just hell altogether. So I think that's probably the, the big thing for me, guys, is that the like I said, the readiness of K Clubbing, readiness of him, right? Um, just being able to, to command this offense, keep everybody even keel, be a cool, calm, uh, collected individual, but also attacking this this, this defense, finding the, the 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 mismatches, right? So letting the game come to him. That's what you do when you're, you know, typically veterans. They let the game come to them, and they're then they start the game slows down. They start to see things a lot quicker, a lot clearer, a lot more concise. And that's what you're going to want to see from your quarterback, QB one, K. Clubbing. At the end of the day, guys, week one on the road, nighttime with a loud crowd of Duke Blue Devil fans versus those Duke Blue Devils. That football team, well coached football team. The readiness of K. Clubnik will be determined. Monday night, week one, when we face the Duke Blue Devils. But guys, like I said, on the road. So keep we're, we're, we're almost there. We're almost there, guys. But the third and final thing that we can learn, the dominance of the defense. I'm going to tell you why this is so important. The defense has to be dominant, and it has to start Monday night. So I'm going to tell you why next on the Locked On Clemson Podcast. The third and final thing that we can learn, 
is about the dominance and the level of dominance that your Clemson Tiger defense can and should and will have in 2023. You're talking about starting the season off right. Well, being on the road against a talented offense, against a talented dual-threat quarterback, if you're able to go out there and pitch a shutout, he doesn't crack 200 yards passing. He doesn't crack 80 yards rushing. He doesn't have any touchdowns. He has turnovers. You sacked him seven times. That's how you tell. Everything is a mind game, guys. I'm telling you here now. In sports, it's a mind game. It's not just for, for my shout-off to my uh, professional wrestling fans, WWE, you know, old school WWF, AEW, you know, whatever, Impact, whatever it is. Everything's a mind game. Boxing, a mind game. MMA, a mind game, right? John Jones, uh, you know, uh, you know, he bones Jones in, in, in UFC would beat opponents before they stepped into the octagon. All right. Why? Because of the mind games. You knew he was the baddest man on the planet. All right. Mike Tyson typically knocked out opponents before his gloves ever hit their jaw because they've seen what he's done before right it was just the fact that eventually evander holyfield was one of the first ones uh one of the main ones to be like i'm not afraid right so being able to go out there and put up a dominant performance versus a well-coached offense with big-time playmakers electric explosive playmakers guys listen to me yes that is important that is absolutely important because if you could do that right not a quarterback at charleston southern's like man my offensive line is nothing like Dukes. These guys are going to get after me, right? <laughs> then they, I, I forget who's week three. I know it's another it's another cupcake. But then that's when you, you get into the head of Jordan Davis just a little bit. He, he's a baller, but just a little bit. You want to get into his head. Like, All right, <sighs> guys, we got hey, to block XT, Rook, Tyler Davis. Man, that freshman Peter Woods is an animal. We got you got protect me. All right, guys, I need you guys to, to solidify the front line so that I can have time to get the ball to big Johnny Wilson and big Keon Coleman, right? So you think about those things and why it, why why it's important, why it matters, okay? And with that being said, that's how we get that's how we go from there, right? That's how we go from there, but I think that is probably one of the biggest things for me is just the simple fact of the defense has to put their best foot forward starting week one. You got to shut the run game down, stop them from running the ball and being balanced and force them to play left handed, force them to throw the ball 60 times. Listen, as good as we think, as good as we believe Kate Klubnik will be for this team, Tennessee made him throw the ball nearly 60 times and it did not work for the offense, right? For numerous reasons. But typically, I think there was a stat, uh, Years ago, maybe five, seven years ago, this was back, I think, when Drew Brees was still playing, Peyton and everything like that. And there was a stat about how majority of the QBs in the NFL, when you force them to throw 40-plus times, they had a losing record. And the only person that had a winning record was Tom Brady. You know what I mean? Because he's, for a lot of people, he's the GOAT, the greatest of all time, whatever. If you feel differently, holler me in the comments. I don't know. I'm just saying. But that's that's how I look at it, right? It's like when you force a QB or you force a team to be pass heavy, your, your pass rushes can tee off, they can pin their ears back, and they can get after the quarterback. You can send simulated pressures. You can mug up the A-gaps, right, and confuse the interior protection for the quarterback, right? You can run TE and ET stunts, okay? You can cross-dog blitz with your, middle, with your two linebackers. You can do whatever the heck you want to do because they're, they, they're throwing the ball all the time. 
Okay. You know what I mean? So you can force them into coverages that you want to trap what we call trap coverages. You can force them into trap coverage. It looks like one thing psych. It's a trap. You know what I mean? Like you, you can show them combo coverage where it looks like zone on the right side. So you think that it's, it's like that, that, that goal ball, it looks like cover two on the right side, but actually it's man to man on the back end on your, on your backside. And you try to throw that goal route without looking at it or, 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 or getting back to it quick enough. And then, you know, you got a you got a safety over the top. You have a, a a corner playing underneath, and then you just threw it into double coverage, right? So it's all about you know creating that confusion for a quarterback, and that's where I said at the end of the day, the the level of dominance that this team, this defense can have, it has to start week one. It has to start out the gate. Yes, I know they're on the road. They won't have the crowd behind them making extra noise like they would have being in Death Valley and all that. All that's fine and good, but the talent that this defense has is too much, and it should be too much for that offensive line. I told you guys on what was it uh, Wednesday? I think uh, I think it was a Wednesday show this week. I talked about uh, you know key matchups, and in the segment two, I said Jake Hornibrook, the new right tackle for the Duke Blue Devils, has never taken a taken a snap at tackle left or right. He's been a guard his entire time while in while he's been playing for this team while in college football. What does that mean? This is new for him. All right. You're on a perimeter. You don't have an outside bumper. You're right. You do have an inside bumper, but you still have to be on an Island. I always say this offensive tackle and cornerbacks have the toughest jobs in football. It's not quarterbacks. All right. The, the, no, it's not quarterbacks. The toughest two positions to play is offensive tackle and corner. Cause those are the only two positions where they tell you be on an Island by yourself one-on-one with a better athlete that's attacking you vertically attacking your space and you're in retreat mode. That's how that, that's how that works guys. So you want XT is going to be a guy that I'm watching number three. I'm watching him all game. When, when, when Clemson's defense is on the field, I want to see two sacks from him. I want to look at PFFs, uh, you know, uh, not just the grades, because the grades are, I don't, I don't really care about the grades. I look for the numbers, uh, you know what I mean? And I want to look at the numbers and look at the stat line from PFF or, or SIS, Sports Info Solutions, right? I want to see two sacks. I want to see seven pressures. I want to see a forced fumble, right? I want to see eight tackles because he's in the backfield. We want to see those things, guys. So that's what I'm saying is this. The level of dominance that we expect for the 2023 Clemson football defense must start week one versus those Duke Blue Devils, versus Riley Lennon, versus Jalen Calhoun, Jordan Moore, versus Jake Hornibrook, versus uh, 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 Graham Barton, okay? It has to start. It has to start week one. All right, guys? It has to start week one. So at the end of the day, those are the three things that we can learn all right, we can learn about the level of defense, the level of dominance for this Clemson Tiger defense. And if they're up, if they're going to be dominant, how quickly they will they get acclimated to be dominant and play at the level of the talent that's on this team? Uh, it, the readiness of Kate Klubnik. How ready is he? Is he ready for this bright light, for the bright lights in this moment? As well as offensive coordinator, the offensive savior, Garrett Riley, those in-game adjustments, those big-time moments and play calls, those big-time decisions. Third and 10, fourth and one, what are you doing? Kick a field goal, go forward on fourth, go forward two. If it's a close game, will you call it close? Will you call it loose? We have to see. All of those things are things we will learn Monday night when the Clemson Tigers, your Clemson Tigers, face off with those Duke 
Blue Devils. But guys, that is our show, man. Like I said, happy Friday. Thank y'all for making Locked On Clemson your first listen today and every day. Uh, thank you for being my family, guys. But thank you for being my everydayers. I appreciate and love you guys so much. Uh, this channel has been buzzing, and you guys are amazing. Listen to me. Uh, go subscribe and follow for free on YouTube, wherever you listen to podcasts, to get the latest episode as soon as it is available. On the audio side, subscribe, hit automatic downloads, leave a five-star review and a comment for your boy, and let's bump the audio side up. But on YouTube, if you subscribe and you want to watch me on YouTube, do so. Hit the bell notification after you subscribe. Remember these three letters, F-T-A, for the algorithm. Go ahead and comment. Talk to me. Comment, comment, comment. So, it, so every, uh, every episode is in the algorithm on YouTube, and we can get this thing rolling. Uh, as well as let's get the channel. We're over 600 uh, subscribers. Let's get it up to to a to a thousand. Okay. Will you be the reason that we get to a thousand subscribers? I believe in you. I believe you can. We're gonna have a fun season this year, guys. We're gonna have a fun season, and I appreciate everything about you guys. Listen, have a great weekend. Full. Uh, packed of college football. Watch everybody else's team. Have fun. Watch it without the emotions of watching your team. But Monday night, you get ready for your, for, 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 for our matchup. And now on Monday, I'm going to bring you my three X factors or my three keys to victory. All right? I'm going to bring some keys to victory, X factors that we need to watch for. And maybe uh, I'm, I'm going to ask you guys. You guys let me know in the comments. Do you want me to go live before the game on Monday? Do you want me to go live around 7 o'clock for about you know anywhere from 20 to 30 minutes? And I just take questions and talk to you guys guys because if you do i will do it all right so let's have some fun guys in terms of twitter find and follow me there dp underscore nfl talk to me because i do talk back come and join the conversation again tomorrow on monday